Today on Real Ghost Stories Online, who is the strange injured man who showed up in a child's front yard one random day? And where did he go? Welcome to Real Ghost Stories Online. Call in your real ghost story now at 855-853-4802 or write in at realghoststoriesonline.com. You're about to enter the world of the unknown and quite possibly the undead. This is Real Ghost Stories Online. That it is. 855-853-4802 is our phone number at Real Ghost Stories Online. You can write in at realghoststoriesonline.com. And if you'd like access to all of our bonus episodes, advanced episodes of the show, our full archive, literally the world's largest audio archive of ghost stories, uh, go to ghostpodcast.com or patreon.com slash real ghost stories. Five bucks a month gets you access to all that stuff. You help support the show. Keep us on the air. And in exchange, you get all of those extras. Again, ghostpodcast.com or patreon.com slash real ghost stories to get in on all of that. Tony and Todd Michaels joining you on today's episode of the program. And uh, what's going on in your world? I hear that intro. Uh I get creeped out. (laughs) It's a great intro. Yes. It's uh, it was actually created for us um, by it was custom made. Um, Somebody uh, I used to used to use some stock music one. And then we had a listener who actually does a lot of audio production for um, theme parks, uh, ones involving mice. Uh, and he loves the show, and he said, would you be interested in me making a, a music, a custom one for you? And I was like, hell yes. <laughs> you know how cool it is? Do you remember the old, um, uh, oh, God, Unsolved Mysteries yes. theme with Robert Stack? That That's what best. it kind of reminds me of. It's got that yep. feel to it. It's great. That was the directive I gave him. I said, I want something that's a cross between Unsolved Mysteries and The Walking Dead. I want <laughs> that was exactly what I told him. And that's what he came up with. And, and yeah. if you can mix the two and bring Robert Stack back for the actual voice work, exactly. that's even better. Yes. No. Now, that might be a bridge too far, but <laughs> it is 2021 and things are possible. But uh, no, that was exactly what I told him because I lo- that's that's the inspiration. I love that music. To me, there's nothing better than the old Unsolved Mysteries music. Have you watched the new one on Netflix, the new series? Okay, so here's the situation. I watched watched the first one with, you know, very low standards or mm-hmm. very low expectations. Yeah. And it freaked me out so bad I haven't watched another one yet. Seriously. Yes, that first one really creeped me out. It was good. They're good. And there's like yeah. there's like six more of them that came out recently and they just kind of keep dropping them here and there. But what did you think of the the new intro, which is just a remake of the old intro, but I I loved it. I, well, anything that takes you a throwback to yesteryear for me, anything that kind of uh, tweaks kind of classic stuff, I'm all for it. Mm-hmm. So I, I love that. I also love the fact that there's not really a host. There's just kind of a voice person mm-hmm. who kind of takes you through the story. I think that's ingenious, too, because that person doesn't have to live up to the past because I'm not sure you could. So, yeah, yeah that first one was so creepy. I, I have not been able to watch another one. Oh, you have to watch more. They're, they're all so good. And there's, I, it's actually, I found a couple interesting stories on there that I used for dark side of Wikipedia. Uh, just some of the, the, the murder stuff that's been on there. But what I, what I love best about it, and I think you're completely right. I'm glad they didn't try to put a new host on or something. Cause when they did that, 
in the early 2000s. I forgot who was the new host for a little while. It just it wasn't the same. It wasn't the same show. This reminds me of the original show. And I love the nod that they gave to Robert Stack in the intro. At the very end, when Unsolved Mysteries title comes up, uh, there he is, like this ghostly figure of him in his trench coat. And, oh, it's just like, this is amazing. (laughs) I agree. Yeah, I'm really impressed by it. And I will take some time to do it on nights when I know I'm not going to be alone. That's what I'll do. I like to watch it on nights that I'm going to be alone and uh, unlock the doors maybe a little bit. <laughs> and <laughs> You are crazy. It's my exhibitionist. Like, no, I don't. I, I, uh, I usually end up watching it like in the middle of the day in the office with, with you know, all the shades open and everything. I don't watch it at night. But uh, no, I, I just thought it was so well done. Uh, 855-853-4802 is our phone number here at Real Ghost Stories Online to share your real ghost stories with us. Let's go to our first letter. It says, I just recently started listening to your older podcast I discovered on YouTube. I absolutely love this show. Subscribed right away. Not caught up yet. I'm on episode 30-something. Well, you got a long ways to go. I want to start off by saying I have quite a few real ghost stories or simply weird, unexplainable things that happened to me. I'm going to tell them in order. This letter will be for the first couple of stories. The weird thing started happening I was about four or five. I was playing outside in one of my mom's friend's houses. It was in the middle of the afternoon, and there were quite a bit of people inside celebrating someone's birthday. I don't really remember who all of them were, either family or friends or my mom. Anyway, I'm playing outside by this old abandoned trailer in the backyard, and I see a man in a white tank top and blue jeans with his hands on his head, bleeding awfully bad. And he appeared to be missing part of the, his, the part of his head on top. He was screaming for help over and over. He looked very real. I was terrified and ran to get help. I run inside screaming, saying the man outside needs help. He's hurt badly. So my mom and a bunch of other people run outside to find no one. But I still saw him. I was explaining that he needed help badly. And this freaked everyone out because they knew exactly who it could be. But at the time, I did not. They could not see him. But once I started to describe him, they knew right away. My mom took me inside and tried to calm me down. And it did not help much because I was just too confused. No one else saw him. And a few of my mom's friends were crying and leaving. Apparently, a man had committed suicide about a year before in that old trailer in the backyard. They had been a friend of my mom's and a few others at the party. Everyone pretty much left after that. They were upset and confused just as much as I was, I think. When I got older, my mom explained to me what I had seen. And it all finally made complete sense to me. I've not told a lot of people my ghost story, but I know the people who were there that day know I saw him. Thank you for reading my story. I'll be sharing more stories in a couple of days. The next thing that happened is not really a ghost story. It's more about a strange dream I cannot explain. I love the show. I listen every day at work, uh, and I'll try and keep uh, caught up. Thank you for having an outlet for my strange stories. That would be rather bizarre to have that happen at the child's, you know, at the birthday party. There's the man with missing part of his head out and back. Hey, anybody got any more jolly good soda? Uh, yes, grape, please. Thank you. Yeah, there's a guy up back. He's missing half his head. Yeah, it would be. I don't know how you'd handle that. I'm not sure. And so now I like there's all these questions I have, because if this person, uh, the question is like this happened in childhood. And a lot of people say that we are open to things like that when we're younger and we kind of lose that ability as we get older because we're told it's nothing, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. So I'll be interested to hear more stories to see if this continued through his life. The other thing I loved was, okay, an abandoned trailer. 
Okay, mm-hmm. so obviously you start thinking about, you know, what what's the kind of person that's going to haunt that? It's not going to be the lady in white in the in the period dress that you know <laughs> typically you hear about haunting a place. Turns out to be a guy uh, wearing a what, what did he have on like a t-shirt or something I like that? I think so. I don't know exactly, but something just plain t-shirt. Yeah, like yeah, like a wife beater or something like that. I'm yeah. thinking, yeah, he had a tank top on, and I'm thinking how. Interesting is that like it actually tied in to the location. It wasn't, you know, well, she was wearing a very big white dress and she came down the staircase. It Mm -hmm. was like, here's a guy uh, in a tank top by the trailer. It all tied together. And to have that happen and and people know what it was. I mean, that's that's kind of a mind blowing story. And they all immediately knew, but they weren't going to say it out loud and frighten the children. But they knew like how, you know, some of them were probably wondering, you know, is this some sort of sick joke that this kid is playing? Right. Is this kid really seeing this? I mean, it, it, what makes me what, what I wonder about with this story is was the child seeing a residual energy uh, of of the image of that man who did that to himself? And and it's just this shocking image. Or was this the guy? Was this his energy? Was it consciously him still crying out for help a year after this this occurred? So many questions and you never know if you're ever going to have those answers. You know, maybe if maybe if that trailer is still there and you had an opportunity to go back and kind of check things out, you might get an answer or two. But it sure makes for a great story. And for some people, a great experience, too. What's your take on the idea of if you die in a tragic way or or disfiguring way, I guess, is what I'm trying to get at. Sometimes we have stories where the the individual comes back and it's more than just this, more than just seeing the the accident victim like right after the accident occurred. But they're actively asking for help or having a conversation or trying to reach out in some way, shape or form. And they look as if they they just got out of the burning car or whatever it may be. And, and then other times you have people who who were in a horrible car wreck and burned alive, but they look like their 28 year old self. What I mean, this is just an opinion question, but what do you make of that as far as when you come back, if you come back, being able to kind of choose your own adventure on how you're presenting yourself to other people? Well, I think there's a couple of ways to look at it. One of the ways I do look at it is when you die, my belief is that your energy splatters mm-hmm. and kind of goes everywhere. And it's and it's a version of you. It's almost like a spliced section of your life. So someone may see you when you were uh, five years old at a birthday party. Somebody, if, if, if they see your residual energy, they may see you at the age of 21 or they may see you right before, right after that horrific accident. I think we are all those things. Mm-hmm. And I think when we when we die, if our energy stays behind, that energy stays all those things. It just depends when you catch it and what's going on. So really, you could be anything. And it's not necessarily a choice. It's just you're kind of catching those different pieces or people are catching different pieces of it at different places in time, which must make it even more kind of confusing as to trying to identify who is this little boy? Who is this teenager? Who is this adult or something? Especially if all these various versions of oneself are being presented at different places and times. Right. Especially if it's residual. I mean, yeah. I think there's kind of evidence out there that um, intelligent energies can communicate with us and present themselves however they want to present themselves. Mm-hmm. Maybe not even as themselves. They can present as shadow figures or whatever. And so I think that when you're talking about residual, it just depends on the timeline of when those events occurred. Yeah. 
It's just so much to think about. Let's move on to our next story. 855-853-4802 is our number. It says, I grew up in a small northern Illinois town about 90 miles west of Chicago. I was in my late teens and driving home from my girlfriend's house late one night. She lived in a larger city about 30 miles north of me. I was never allowed to stay the night with her at her house. Her parents always gave me the boot around 10 p.m. But one night, I kind of hung around a little longer than usual and ended up hitting the road at about 2 a.m. It was a cold January night, clear, no clouds. Could see every star in the sky as I barreled through the countryside in my 79 T-Bird. I took a different way home that night just for a change of scenery. The road is called Kennedy Hill Road. As I got to the bottom of the hill, I could swear I saw something moving near the intersection where the road ends. I slowed way down. I figured I was a, there was a deer, a loose farm animal out there. As I got closer, it appeared to be a woman walking. She was not wearing much, which was strange because it was January. No coat, no shoes, a mini skirt that was torn. I started to panic a little bit. Thought maybe there was an accident on the joining road and she was looking for help, as accidents were common on that road. I stopped the car, rolled down my window and yelled out to her, Hey, are you okay? She didn't even acknowledge me, just kept walking away. So I grabbed my phone, opened the door to try and go after her. No sooner than my feet hit the pavement, she was gone. I totally freaked out, jumped back in the car and hightailed it home. I got home, laid awake for a while, thinking about what I had just seen, not being able to sleep after that. It was going on at 6 a.m. and my dad was making coffee. I got up and went downstairs to talk to him about my experience. I told him what happened and he told me that many people had seen the same thing on that road. He said it's always about January, February and it's always a woman walking the shoulder in the middle of the night. Rumors have said that a lady was hit by a car back in the 80s while jogging. Others say it was not a woman but a man in drag that was mentally unstable and had run off and gotten struck by a car. Others say the lady was going home from a New Year's Eve party and lost control of her car and died trying to find help in the freezing cold night. Other motorists have even called the police to come out and look, but the result is always the same. He's gone without a trace. Hope you enjoy the story. Hope it makes it to the show. Keep up the good work. I like that one because it's almost, you know, it's like an urban legend, but then someone actually experiences it. Right. And, and they always seem to be in those kind of veins where it only happens at a certain time of year or a certain day of the month or whatever. And it would be great if somebody knew the location, could actually do some actual homework on it, dig into police files and figure out maybe what possibly did happen there. If it was a female or if it was a guy dressed in drag or whatever. Mm -hmm. But those are the ones that I get really interested about because there's an there's a possibility of actually finding out a little bit more information about what's going on. Yeah. And, and that's that's the thing. I, I wonder. And of course, you, you look back and sometimes those files, you know, it, were probably pre digital age and things of that yep. nature. But that's where you get to the library and get to go through the microfilm and try and find the uh, uh, the the articles. Uh, but that's it, it's so I, I cannot wait. I know some libraries have already done this. Uh, or they've they've uh, digitally transcribed all their microfilm. And sometimes if you're doing some sort of obscure search, you'll find it. And it's like like Paducah Library. And then that's, you know, some microfilm thing. But I think when more uh, sources can do that, it's going to open up a lot of information uh, for people trying to do research on things like that. Because unless you know where to look, it's virtually impossible to find what it is you may be searching out. But I think we're like, we're sitting on so much information that to this day still has not been put out there right. um, that, that just sits and rots. And, and hopefully that can all be done at some point in time. But uh, I think that'll open up a lot of 
doorways for, for questions like that with stories. When you have something like that, and you have all these people like, oh, I've heard that story. Here's this version of it. Here's that version of it. Do Does that feed into the energy of the thing happening or, or not going away? Does, it, does, does, does people sharing the story over and over have any influence whatsoever on the actual uh, occurrence and people seeing these sort of things? Well, we know that the adding of information or changing of information in the telling of the story certainly makes things uh, somewhat different on the backside from what actually happened. So then the question is, as you said, does the storytelling, does the, the story change? Does it actually change the energy that is there? Mm -hmm. Maybe it was a runner, but because of the stories that have been told over time, maybe it's now presenting residual energy as a woman in a miniskirt that's been ripped. I mean, yeah. that is that's a big question that I ask a lot. Um, and I think I don't know if I mentioned it uh, on the last episode with you, but I did see an episode of a of ghost hunting show where they actually did a test. Um, there was supposed to be a zombie boy in a location and they didn't have any information uh, records or, or anything about this person. But what they did was they went into the location, came up with a storyline. They said, zombie boy, we know that your father's name was a, and your mother's name was B and your mother died of C. Mm -hmm. And then they came back and asked those questions and through EVPs actually got the responses that they kind of put out there in the universe. How interesting. So how much, how much do we, how much do we influence what happens because of the stories we've told and the energy we create? That's, yeah. that's a good question. Again, it's one thing to look at it from the perspective of someone who's heard the stories and then they're out there and, oh, I, I know there's a legend of a ghost on this road and then maybe it happens. It's a whole other thing. If you don't even know the story and you're just going yep. down the road and it's like, oh my God, you won't believe what happened and everyone's like yeah we've heard that story <laughs> yep but it, it, somehow that energy created this experience for someone who didn't have any knowledge of it even existing that's that's a whole other you know angle of it but again right, more right. questions than answers uh 855-853-4802 is our phone number let's go to a caller hi honestly i'm not even quite sure where to start um i've always apparently been offensive um, I've been called, I've been medium, I've been called, I'm hypersensitive toward a lot of things. Um, I've had a lot of experiences, so I can go all day probably, but I guess I can highlight the, um, the most, um, vivid from early on which would have to be when um, my father died. My father died and he passed away back in the 80s. You know, they didn't know very much about, you know, AIDS or anything else like that. And so, or, or HIV, you know, they thought it was this, they thought it was that. I've done a lot of research. If you haven't done your research, you should definitely, definitely check it out. But, um, Anyway, so my father had passed away, and after my father passed away is when it happened. It was probably about a year or two after he passed away where things started um, growling around the house. And, um, you know, my, my brother's toys would turn on without batteries in them. 
um, it would go down to even as far as to where like literally a necklace would be taken off of my brother's neck while he was sleeping and we wouldn't be able to find it. And um, we'd search all around the house looking for it and couldn't find it. And then, you know, we heard some beer cans rolling out of a dresser and um, where the dresser, it actually like skipped the box. It's very hard for me to like articulate like what the situation was, but if you can, if you can just like visualize an old school dresser in the sense of, oh, I'm sorry, not even a dresser, but a desktop, old school, almost like a, what, what do they call those? The rolling ones, the ones that kind of roll. But um, a beer can had rolled out and skipped a huge jump and landed in a box. And my brother, you know, just freaked out, you know, it was just like, oh, my gosh, because he's still looking for his necklace. And then after that um, situation, he went behind the fridge. I don't know what it was. Something pulled him behind the fridge and he found his necklace. And this was just the beginning. This was a tease to what was going to be happening between the growling, between the laughter, like things were going on to where we actually ended up moving. And we lived in uh, Florida at this time. We ended up moving out of Florida. And uh, we came to Missouri. And um, and I, did, I, I thought, you know, everything was going to be fine. You know, nothing big deal and um, everything seemed pretty good until um, I started getting um, a man dressed in black with a top hat standing at the end of my bed so there was no more growling there was no more like toys being turned on but now I have a man standing at the end of my bed often so I address it to my mother and my mother is just you know she rubs off everything that has been happening since I was a child but I found out over the years as an adult um, that she finally confessed to me that everything that I had been experiencing that she had already experienced and she was just afraid for me and afraid of, you know, like how I was going to feel about it. Anyways, as time kept on going, um, it went from that, it went from um, me being able to like kind of, you know, just kind of predict you know, I, I guess a prediction, you know, as far as like what's going to happen, you know, soon or whatnot, you know, as far as around me. And then it ended up um, getting worse or better, depending on how you look at it. But um, so I started being able to see um, 
spirits eventually. Um, to the point where I could see them like I could see any other person, you know, I could see them, I can describe them, I could um, get annoyed by them because I could get like people trying to like tell me a lot of things that they want to get across to other people. I even had a friend um, hang himself, well, I had a couple friends over the years hanging both it's unfortunate but um, this particular person I was with his mom and he was just screaming at me and it was driving me nuts and I told his mom and I cut her off when she was talking to me and I said I, I can't do this I can't have a conversation with you at all because I really need to tell you what your son's telling me to tell you. And so I went ahead and told her everything and um, that he was saying and like screaming at me. And um, she cried and everything, you know. And it's, it's not the first time, you know, I did it with my, you know, my boyfriend's friend passed away, you know, he, his friend told me a lot of things when he passed away and I told my boyfriend everything that he had said to me and my boyfriend just tripped out and started crying and he just said you know those are those are all things that you would never know and I've done it with strangers before it's really hard to do it with like randoms random people sometimes, but I've learned to embrace it. Um, I've learned that um, I've had many close encounters with death. And I definitely feel like that could be, you know, definitely a part of it. Um, so with that being said, um, I don't know. I guess I just keep on just embracing it, you know. But there is a place of darkness that always haunts my dreams that keeps on wanting me to go there. And it was a place that I lived where I almost died at. And this house keeps on wanting me to go back there and it haunts my dreams and it's been going on for quite a few years and it typically is like a different situation but it's always the same situation and it's always the same feeling so I'm going to be attempting to go ahead and go to the house and go ahead and confront you know, the situation. Um, I'm strong now. You know, I, I was a young girl. I didn't know what I was dealing with. I didn't know that I was a sensitive. I didn't know that I was any type of, you know, word of medium or anything else like that. Um, I've spoken to a lot of people about this since then. And, um, and I'm strong. I, I know a lot of things now. 
I, I'm in my late 30s. So um, I feel like I feel like now's the time to go ahead and approach that part while I just continue on embracing everything else. Let me know what you think. Thanks for sharing your experience with us uh, on uh, the show. What's your thoughts? Well, I think there's so much to, uh, to kind of digest on that one, but the, the, the main thing that I kind of got out of it was one of the last things she talked about and and the fact that she was unaware of her abilities most of her life, like Mm -hmm. all this stuff was happening and she could never put her finger on why am I feeling this way? Why am I seeing these things? Why do I see people talking to me that aren't necessarily really there? And I think that a lot of people, when you talk to people who are sensitives or they're empaths or they're mediums, they live a lot of their life feeling like they don't belong, feeling like they might be crazy. What's going on here? And sounds like she's, she said she was in her 30s. Sounds like she's finally realizing her abilities. Yeah. And she mentioned herself like it's kind of it's kind of a gift, but it's also a curse. Mm-hmm. And I think. Um, I always give advice to people that I, that I deal with that are kind of opening up to this, where I say, you either have to control or you have to roll and you either have to control it or roll with it, which means either you have to learn how to turn it on and off so that you can deal with the things that you're willing to deal with, or you need to be able to roll with it a little bit and, and, and take on some of the stuff that you wouldn't normally want to take on. Because if, if mediumship, if being sensitive is what we believe it to be dead people or energies will come to you trying to tell their story and, and communicate because they know that you can. So I think there's a lot there to digest, but I, I walked away feeling for this woman and knowing that I think there's a lot of people out there that have the same types of feelings and, and uh, experiences in their life. I agree. It sounds like she was really, you know, it was very authentic sounding like she's just kind of coming to terms with this and realizing, OK, here, this is me. This is who I am. And and kind of absorbing all of that and and just being being OK with it. Something that she had mentioned in there that I, I, I want to get your take on is is with the shadow people that she was talking about. And I, I still have no idea why this seems to be the case in so many instances. Shadow people and their damn top hats. What the hell is that all about? Now, it's not all shadow people that are wearing top hats, but if, if there seems to be any sort of hat that a, a shadow person seems to be wearing, for some reason, <laughs> top hats seem to be quite popular. Thoughts? Uh, I think they're just snappy dressers. Um. <laughs> I mean, is it that? Is it because it's a different era that they were that were they're coming from, and that was just kind of a thing? I mean, you look at some old photos of of a bunch of men in a, any any place in time uh, from way back when, and they're all wearing kind of top hats. So that yeah. could could be the answer, but. In many cases, they'll think, well, this I don't think this is somebody from 1934. This is somebody that probably passed in 78 or something. Right. Maybe it's something that we as human beings are seeing as a top hat, and yet maybe it's something totally else. I mean, I, I, I don't know exactly how to put your finger on that. I mean, there's a lot of theories about shadow people themselves. What are they? Where do they come from? Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it, I think shadows can be so many different things, but I, I think you're right. That's always one thing that comes through. Like I mentioned earlier, it's always the woman in white walking down the stairs. You know, why is she always in white? Why is she always in Victorian garb? I don't know, but... 
and and is she? You know, I mean, or is it just because she's so glowing uh, when when people have exactly. these experiences? It's maybe it's not white. Maybe it's not a top hat. Maybe it's just like a, a squirrel or something that somehow <laughs> the 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 uh, the way that the shadow looks, it's like, oh my gosh, that squirrel really made himself look like a hat. Uh, I don't know. I mean, or it's part of the shadow person club and it's part of the uniform. I don't. It's just it's one of those things that pops up so frequently. It yeah. makes me wonder why why does this why is that always part of it in so many cases, especially in sleep paralysis situations where people see shadow people in that setting. That seems to be more than others where the top hat is being worn, uh, just like the with sleep paralysis. The, a frequent thing people see is the old hag. Uh, why is that? Why is this seems to be seem to be the 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 reoccurring thing for for many people? Not everybody, but many. Uh, mm -hmm. Those those ones seem to hold the biggest piece of the pie. Always big questions, and and I guess the only way we'll ever have answers ourselves is if there's some sort of um, mind blowing breakthrough in the paranormal, or we experience it ourselves. And, and we get some answers that way. Yeah. I, I wonder if we will get there at some point with uh, communication and technology and people going back and forth with their spirit boxes and and what have you. I mean, these are just some questions. You know, I, I would like to ask these questions if I'm ever involved with something like that, rather than where are you from? Where, why are you wearing a fucking hat? <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't care about. I just I want to. I want some of these basic questions answered. Right, you, you, you got the hat. Where's the cane? Exactly. Hey, did you? When he she mentioned uh, the the missing jewelry and that it showed up behind yeah. the refrigerator or something like that. Mm -hmm. Have you ever had something like that happen, where uh, something goes missing and then it just is there again? Yeah. You know, I I know I have over time, and I think it's one of those things I look back on months, years later, and go. Maybe there was something to that and it was paranormal. But at the moment, I just think I was just absent minded and just didn't see it. But you look back on some of those situations and you go, how the hell did I miss that? So I think I have, but it just has never stood out to me while it's happening as paranormal. I had a really and I'll just tell a quick story. Sure. I had an incident last week and every once in a while I have bits of paranormal that go on at my house and it's usually tied into something going on. Um, with my family or something. But yeah. last week I couldn't find my contact case. I could not find it. I'm very specific about where I put things like my keys and my wallet because I can be so forgetful that I actually have a system of where things go as soon as I walk in the door. Mm -hmm. And my contact case is always in the same location. Well, I couldn't find it anywhere. And I literally pulled everything out of the vanity in my bathroom, looked through everything. The Q-tip box, is it stuck in there? I mean, I looked through everything, Yeah. put everything back, Came back two hours later, opened the drawer again. It wasn't there. But then all of a sudden, I heard something. I turned away. I heard something drop. Mm -hmm. Like it dropped into the drawer. And I looked in the drawer and there it sat. <laughs> Any logical explanations that you can, can come up with? or Good Lord, unless somehow way deep inside the cavernous, cavernous area of my my uh, vanity it was it was stuck i just i couldn't come up with it and yeah. i just kind of closed the drawer drawer and walked out of the bathroom yeah that would i mean i mean how would it be you know like somehow stuck to the t that just doesn't make a lot of sense cuz you think even moving the drawer would would have you know loosened it or made it fall right. yeah Th that is bizarre it's like it almost and the wonder about things like that is, well, did, did this object physically disappear or or did something manipulate it to, you know, almost magnetically stick to the top where you couldn't find it? Is it being manipulated in that way or, or are these things literally disappearing and, and then reappearing at, at, at certain times?
into another plane of existence or something and then yeah. it popped back somehow. I don't know. Yeah, it's just that's bizarre. Well, that's a creepy one. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for sharing that one. Absolutely. That's going to wrap up today's episode of Real Ghost Stories Online. If you like the show, keep us on the air. Become an extra podcast person. EPP. Sign up at ghostpodcast.com or patreon.com slash real ghost stories. Get access to all of our bonus material, all the new episodes, uh, all the advanced episodes. Everything's there for you. Ghostpodcast.com or patreon.com slash real ghost stories. Until next time, for Todd, I'm Tony. Thanks for listening to Real Ghost Stories Online. Real Ghost Stories Online.